Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahun qawli. Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana wa zidna ilma. My dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We are continuing with our pearls of the Quran, different lessons that we learned from the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has revealed for our guidance. And we come to ayah 190 and 191 in Surah Al Imran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقْتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا سُبْحَانَكَ فَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ صدق الله العظيم The translation of these ayat are that verily فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ in the creation of the heavens and the earth وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ and in the alternation, in the changing of the night and the day. They are indeed signs for the people of wisdom, for the intelligent ones. They are signs. Signs indicating the Creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who are the intelligent ones? They are those who continue to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qiyaman while standing qu'udan while sitting wa ala junubihim and while lying on their sides qiyaman wa qu'udan wa ala junubihim standing, sitting and reclining in all conditions they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa yatafakkaruna fi khalqi samawati wal ard and they ponder and they reflect over the creation of the heavens and the earth. And they say, after pondering and reflecting, Rabbana ma khalaqta hadha batila. O our Lord, O our Rabb Allah, you have not created this in vain, without any purpose. Subhanak, O Allah, you are pure from all defects. We proclaim your purity. Subhanak, faqina adhab al-nar. So, save us from the adab of the Jahannam. Save us from the fire, from the torment of the fire. From the punishment of the fire. So what is some of the background regarding this ayat? Ibn Habban, rahimahullah, in his sahih, and Ibn Asakir, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, they report that the companion of the Tabi'i Ata ibn Abi Rabah rahimahullah he went to Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and he said to her 
that from all the different attributes and characteristics of our beloved Prophet Sallallahu tell me what you saw as most unique from amongst the many different states of his life. Thereupon Sayyidina Aisha said, which state are you talking about? In reality, everything about Rasulullah was unique. But since you asked me, I will tell you about one very unique event. It so happened that on one night, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the noble prophet alayhi sallam, he came to me and he laid down next to me on the mattress. Then after some time had passed, after a short while, he said, allow me to worship my love. Allow me to worship my Lord, my Rabb, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had barely rested, but then he got up and he made wudu and he stood up for salah. In the standing position of Qiyam, he wept so much that the tears, they trickled down his blessed chest. Then he bent down for ruku'ah. In ruku'ah again, he wept and he cried. Then he performed his sajda and he kept on weeping in the sajda just like before. Then he raised his head and he continued weeping and crying in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the break of dawn in the morning came. Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu came in and informed him that the time of Fajr Salah has entered and he was going to call the Adhan. Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu seeing his condition said, my master, my prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, why do you weep so much? Isn't it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you all of your past sins and future sins? So why are you crying so much? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam then replied, if, so then should I not continue to be a grateful servant of Allah? Afala akunu abdan shakura. Shall I not be a grateful servant of Allah to thank Allah? And when I offer this gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, why should I not shed tears? Especially tonight, when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala has revealed this blessed verse to me tonight, fresh revelation Allah has revealed. Which ayat? The same ayat that we recited. إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِ الْأَلْبَابِ Allah has revealed this special ayah to me. After that, he said, Wailun liman qara'aha walam yatafakkar fiha. That ruined is the person. Wailun, destruction upon the person who recites these ayat. And despite reciting these ayat, which clearly indicate that we need to ponder and reflect over the creation of Allah and recognize the greatness of Allah, he still fails to deliberate and to think about the greatness of Allah. Ruined is the person who recites these verses, but fails to deliberate regarding the creation of Allah. So this is a warning from Rasulullah that after going through this ayah and understanding the meaning of this ayah, if we do not ponder, if we do not reflect upon the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So 
the fact of the matter is that as the scientific knowledge has increased, our knowledge of the heavens and the earth has increased. If we truly make tafakkur and tadabbur and pondered and reflected, we have greater reason to see the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all the creation around us. From the beautiful galaxies and all of the planets and their respective moons and the stars that are orbiting and around the centers of the, of the galaxy and the center of the universe, everything is in orbit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kullun fi falakin yasbahun. Everything in its assigned orbit is swimming. Yasbahun is swimming in its orbit, is moving in its orbit. The moon is orbiting around the earth, the planet earth. The planet earth is orbiting around the sun in the solar system. And the sun is orbiting along with the millions of stars around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. And this whole Milky Way galaxy is rotating around the center of the local cluster of galaxies. And the entire local cluster of galaxies is rotating around the center of the super cluster of galaxies. And the super cluster of galaxies is rotating around the center of the known universe. Kullun fi falakin Everything is rotating in eternal motion. And not eternal, it is in continuous motion until the Day of Judgment, of course. When the Day of Judgment comes, then Everything that is in existence will come to an end and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remain. But they are in continuous motion at the macro level, at the level of the universe. And at the micro level, then within the human beings and within animate and inanimate, living and non-living things of this dunya, of this creation that we have around us, they are made up of the molecules and the molecules are made up of the atoms. And within the atoms, there is a nucleus with the protons and neutrons. And around the nucleus, within every single atom of every single molecule, the electrons are spinning around at the speed of light. Subhanallah. Every single thing is in its orbit around the nucleus, around the center. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring the haram back to life, but continually for all these generations upon generations and centuries upon centuries, until now in this wretched time, the hujjaj and the mu'tabirin, those who are in hajj, those who are in umrah, those who are performing nafal, tawaf, would be in their orbits, rotating around the Kaaba, the center, the nucleus. And what a tragedy that that has come to stop. In any case, in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the changing of the night into day in the day into night they are signs for those who will reflect those who will ponder those who will make tafakkur and tadabbur contemplate they will have to come to a conclusion that this beautiful universe 
cannot have come into existence by itself. It requires an intelligent designer, and that intelligent design was done by none other than the Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ard, the originator of the heavens and the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone once asked a Bedouin that, how did you recognize Allah? So the Bedouin are known for their beautiful Arabic and the ability to express themselves in the most eloquent manners. That is why the Quraysh, they used to send their young babies out to live with the Bedouins in the desert to learn the dialect of the Bedouins in the way of speaking of the Bedouins. Even our beloved Rasul Sallallahu spent early years of his life with Halima Sa'diyah of the Banu Sa'ad tribe in the desert to learn the dialect of the Bedouins. So this Bedouin, when he was asked, how do you recognize your Lord? He gave a very eloquent answer in the Arabic language with, with flowing words that rhyme and have a magnetic quality. And the meanings are also very profound and uh, they relate to his environment in the desert. He gave the answer based on his own environment. He said, he said, Subhanallah, in al ba'arata tadullu ala al ba'iri. Rarely, when I see the droppings of the camel, then I know that a camel has passed by here. When you see the droppings of a camel, then you would know that a camel has passed by here. وَإِنَّ آثَارَ الْأَقْدَامِ تَدُلُّ عَلَى الْمَسِيرِ And when I, see, when I see the footprints in the sand, then I know that someone has walked by here. When I see the effects, I understand there must be a cause behind those effects. And فَكَيْفَ لَا تَدُلُّ السَّمَاءُ ذَاتُ أَبْرَاجِ Then how is it possible that this beautiful sky with the constellations and the galaxies and the beautiful stars, imagine in the desert sky of Arabia 1400 years ago. How is it possible that the sky with the beautiful stars, the glittering stars, in this land with valleys and mountains, in this ocean with the waves that crash against the shore, with the, with the beautiful waves, the ocean, with the amwaj, plural of moj, which means waves. How can all of these creations, the sky with the beautiful stars, the earth with the mountains and valleys, and the ocean with the crashing waves, how can they not indicate to me that there must be a creator, the all-knowing creator who brought all of these things into existence? So this is what tafakkur is, what tadabur is, pondering and reflecting is. In the time of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah is known as 
the greatest faqih and scholar of jurisprudence. He has been given the title of Al-Imam Al-A'zam, the great Imam, the greatest Imam. And the area where his masjid and grave is, is known as A'zamiyyah, till today in Baghdad. So, Imam, Imam A'zam Abu Hanifa went into the field of fiqh later on in his life. When he was a young man, he was interested in aqidah issues, in ilm al-kalam, in theology, in creed, in debating with people of the deviant sects. So one atheist had come onto the scene in Kufa and was trying to convert people over to atheism and to deny the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was confusing people and was trying to change their aqidah. So Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi met up with him and asked him if he would be ready to engage in a public debate. So that atheist looked at this young man and he thought it would be easy. So he said, most definitely, I'm ready to do that. And he was thinking he will gain more publicity, more popularity, and he will be able to defeat this young man and prove his point and gain more followers to his false ideology. So they set up the appointed time and the, the announcements were made and people on the appointed time, they gathered in large numbers and this atheist was on the scene and he was pump, pumped up with energy and excitement and he was telling the crowd, I'm gonna defeat this Muslim and I'm going to prove that atheism is right and na'udhu billah, there is no God. So he was pacing back and forth on the stage and the appointed time came and passed. And one minute went by, two minutes went by, five minutes, 10 minutes, and it started getting late. And there was a no-show from the opposite side. Imam Abu Hanifa did not show up. So he became more elated and more joyous. And he started telling the crowd that your, your leader, or your representative who was supposed to prove that there is a God, he chickened out, he got scared, he didn't even show up, and I would, ha I would uh, be declared as the winner because the opposite party did not even come to the debate. And as he was congratulating himself and making this proclamation, lo and behold, Imam Abu Hanifa huffing and puffing ran onto the scene. So the atheist, he was shocked to see him in this condition. And he said, what happened? Where were you? How come you are so late? So Imam Abu Hanifa said, I apologize. I'm very sorry, but you have to hear my story. I have a very legitimate excuse and something really strange just happened to me. So the atheist said, I'm not sure. Let me hear what you have to say first. Then I will think about it, whether it makes sense or not, whether it is acceptable or not. Go ahead, tell me your story. So Imam Abu Hanifa said, 
I was on the other side of the river Dajla, of the river that flows through uh, that region. And there were no boats or taxi boats ready to take me across. And the time was drawing near and near. And I had to cross the river. But I was stuck there. And I was praying and saying, Oh Allah, I need to get across. So then the atheist said, Then what happened? Then Imam Abu Hanifa said, There was a big trunk of a tree on the side of the, on the bank of the river. I kept on praying, Oh Allah, please make some way for me to cross this river. How can I get to the other side? The time is up. I need to get there. Then all of a sudden, the, the tree began to be sawed into half and then in the halves were further cut into planks of wood. The atheist was looking at him as if he's crazy and said, what? He said, hold on. You won't believe what happened. All the planks of the wood, they started getting assembled in front of my very eyes and a boat came into existence and oars came into existence and I was watching them collect together and magically all by itself this boat was made out of thin air with no human intervention. So the atheist was rolling his eyes. This guy is completely mad and what kind of nonsense he's talking about. Then Imam Abu Hanifa said, I was very surprised. I was amazed at this scene, which I had never seen before. But then the boat was right in front of me. I felt that obviously I should take a ride on this boat. So I climbed onto the boat. In the oars, they started moving on their own. And the boat ferried me across the river. And I landed on the other side of the river and I quickly hurriedly ran here to the debate. So the atheist said, the case is closed. Your representative is absolutely uh, mad. He's insane. He's crazy. How can I debate with someone uh, who is uttering such gibberish, such nonsense? So Imam Abu Hanifa paused and asked the person, what part of my statement do you feel is nonsense, is gibberish, is ridiculous, is illogical, which makes me insane and crazy? Which part of the statement? What is so difficult about what I said? So the man said, you want me to spell it out? Isn't it so obvious? How in the world can a boat be made without anyone making it happen without any human being using his saw to cut the tree and using the nails to hammer it together and without a human being pulling the oars, how is it possible for all this to happen without any person behind the scenes doing it? It cannot come into being of its own. So Imam Hanifa then replied, if a boat cannot come into existence on its own, and if you call me crazy for believing that, then I'm at a loss of words. How crazy you must be 
Now how insane you must be and illogical you must be when you claim that the sun rises every day from the east and sets in the west and this universe is in existence and this earth is in existence and all the human beings and animals, the mountains and the rivers, all of this beautiful creation around us is in existence by itself, on its own, without an intelligent designer, without a creator, a fashioner, a maker, all of this came into existence. That's okay per your belief. But just a simple boat, that's illogical. How does that add up? Subhanallah. And of course, the entire crowd cheered and it was the end of the day for the atheist. He had to go packing from the city and find some other place to spread his deviation. It became very clear that Imam Hanifa Ali had made up this story to prove his point. This is Imam Hanifa when he was a young man. This shows that after pondering and reflecting over the creation, we have to come to the conclusion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, fi They ponder and reflect over the creation of the heavens and the earth. And the conclusion they reach is Rabbana ma khalaqta hadha batila or Rabb, O our Lord, you have not created this in vain with no purpose. Subhanak, you are pure from all defects. This would be a major defect to create the heavens and earth without a purpose. O Allah, you are pure from all defects. Faqina adab al-nar to save us from the torment of the fire. This is something that we have to do. It is a part of our deen. It is a part of our deen to ponder and reflect. And our pious predecessors would literally make an effort to go out and look at the creation and think about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is narrated that Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah would frequently go outside out of the city into the wilderness and with the specific purpose of training his heart and touching his heart and he would reach there and and he would ask the abandoned lands out in the wilderness where are those people who lived here where is your owners then he would answer his own question by saying that everything must perish. Kullu shay'in halikun illa wajha except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is how he continued to preserve the remembrance of Allah and the remembrance of the Akhirah in his heart. And Hazrat Bishr Hafi rahimullah, he said that if people pondered over the greatness of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it would become impossible for them to remain sinful and disobedient. It would become impossible for them to remain sinful and disobedient because by pondering over the greatness of Allah, then the greatness of His commands will come into the heart. And pondering over Allah such that His yaqeen and His conviction enters the heart is considered one of the highest forms of ibadah. That is why Hassan Basri rahmatullah said, Tafakkuru sa'atin khayrun min qiyami laylatin. Tafakkuru sa'atin 
خَيْرٌ مِنْ قِيَامِ لَيْلَةٍ That one hour or a short period of time spent in thinking about the signs of Allah. A short period of time, an hour spent in thinking about the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better, خَيْرٌ far more useful than a whole night standing in ibadah. Is better than an entire night standing in ibadah. Umar bin Abdulaziz rahmatullahi he has mentioned that this deliberation over the creation of Allah is a superior act of worship. And Hassan ibn Amir radiallahu said that he heard from many noble sahaba radiallahu anhu that pondering and reflecting deliberation, this is that will create the nur of Iman, the light of Iman. And once we train ourselves, then all the creation around us will serve as a reminder about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Arif Billah, the one who recognized Allah, the poet said, Faya Ajaban. كَيْفَ يُعْصَ الْإِلَاهِ أَمْ كَيْفَ يَجْحَدُهُ الْجَاحِدُ فَفِي كُلِّ شَيْءٍ لَهُ آيَةٌ تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ وَاحِدُ How strange it is indeed that some people disobey Allah. فَيَا عَجَبًا كَيْفَ يُعْصَ الْإِلَاهِ How strange is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is disobeyed and other people outright deny His existence. أَمْ يَجْحَدُهُ الْجَاحِدُ فَفِي كُلِّ شَيْءٍ لَهُ آيَةٌ because every single thing around me, I see a sign, an indicator that indicates to me that he is the one creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, it is narrated, تَفَكَّرُوا تَفَكَّرُوا فِي خَلْقِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَفَكَّرُوا فِي اللَّهِ فَإِنَّكُمْ لَمْ تَبْلُهُ قَدَرَةِ Ponder and reflect over the creation of Allah to recognize the greatness of Allah. But do not ponder and reflect over the direct being of Allah, His own Zat, His own being. How is He? How, how He looks? How He, how he exists? Because فَإِنَّكُمْ لَمْ تَبْلُهُ قَدَرًا You can never encompass His majesty. So, as far as the being of Allah, His own Zat is concerned, we cannot comprehend Him. We cannot understand everything about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we should not ponder and reflect over his own being. But we are commanded to ponder and reflect over his creation. And nowadays, when science and understanding of the universe has expanded so much, and we have so much knowledge about our own selves, as Allah Ta'ala says, وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَفَلَا تُبْسِرُونَ Within your own existence, within your own body, do you not see my greatness? All the different systems of the body, how they're intertwined, how they work beautifully, and all the way from within ourselves to the universe. We have so much knowledge of the creation of Allah. What is missing is, we are not realizing that behind this creation is the hidden hand of the Creator. And that is where we are blinded. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open up our eyes. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to reflect on Him such that our hearts are filled with His greatness. And we remember Him standing, sitting, and reclining in all conditions. 
وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين